Welcome to Episode 5 of the Princeton Podcast with Mayor Mark Frieda. In this episode, Mark sat down with Kristen Applegate, Director of Community and Regional Affairs at Princeton University. They discuss Kristen's background and career experiences, the wide variety of Kristen's lifelong community involvement, including how her tenure as President of the Princeton Chamber of Commerce and experiences with West Windsor's Town Council helped prepare her for her current position with Princeton University, as well as Kristen's thoughts on how our COVID pandemic is influencing Princeton's growing population, our local business resiliency, and the future of Princeton's Community Master Plan. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Kristen Applegate, for Episode 5 of the Princeton Podcast. Kristen, thanks again for being here. And I think most people know that you work for Princeton University. One of the things I find confusing is when I talk to people, I get a different version of what your title is at the university every time I talk to people. What exactly is your title? Well, Mark, it's it's funny you say that because uh, given the spelling of my last name, uh. um, I pretty much answer to anything. So um, <laughs> it, it's funny to hear that the same applies to my title. So actually, the official title is I'm the Director of Community and Regional Affairs. Um, I've been in the position now, um, frightening for me to think about it, but it, I've been there for 15 years. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, and, you know, the, the position is uh, one that's unique to to Princeton. When you look at our peer institutions, um, the relationships with their community are, are organized in, in different ways. Um, our focus is uh with, with it being community and regional affairs, first and foremost, the community, the community in which we reside, which of course is, is Princeton. Um, so a lot of my time and a lot of my work is, as you know, uh, spent participating in uh, council meetings, uh, planning board hearings, other uh, you know civic organizations. I have a team of uh, four others in my office. Um, and uh, uh, we, we try and be visible and present and available uh, to the constituents um, uh, in the community who are interested in trying to find ways to connect with the university. And we know that people connect with the university in, in many different ways. So we, we're there to help facilitate those connections and to try and bridge, you know, as I say to a lot of my colleagues, in many ways, we, we interpret the town for the university and we interpret the university for the town. So I feel very much like uh, maybe it's a overused term, but we're very much a bridge between both. I see. And, you know, I see you at a lot of meetings. I see you at a lot of events. So it seems to me that you're working days, nights, weekends. So how do you find time to, to do that? It seems like you're pretty much always working. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. I'd say the <laughs> same for you, Mark, because I see you everywhere as well. Um, you know, I, I like to say it's it's a lifestyle position. It's twenty four seven job, um, and really, if if I didn't love what I do in the place that I do it and for the institution that I work for, it's really not possible to do the work that I do. It really is all consuming, and you have to really be the type of person uh, that embraces uh, what I think is a. I I look at it as a responsibility. And it's a responsibility both to the university as my employer, but also to the community. Because I think uh, we can all, you know, by working together, um, you know, we can certainly be, you know, one plus one is definitely two. So right. it's, it's um, yeah, I take, it, I take it seriously. And it is, it, it is um, 24-7, seven days a week sometimes. <laughs> so why don't you, just to, to help us understand, 
uh, you know, I know you deal with a lot of different groups and entities. So, but could you like just, I don't know, rattle off like some of the, the wide variety of different groups and individuals you get involved with and in trying to deal with them for the university? Sure, sure. So it, it's, it's, it's vast. And ev- that's what's fun for myself and my staff. Every day is a little bit different. Um, so, um, a lot of my time, uh, given the fact that the university is very much in the middle of a, of an active capital campaign. And as many people know, if you drive around campus or if you walk on the campus, you can see that there's a lot of construction going on. Um, so I've spent the better part of uh, my time in the past, you know, few years working very closely with our team and the the planning officials here in, in Princeton, whether that's site plan review boards or planning boards. Um, uh, and that has that has been um, you know a, a lot of a lot of work and especially a lot of work during the pandemic. And I am incredibly thankful and appreciative to the staff here at the municipality who through a pandemic you know that quite you figured out how to keep the operations of a government going without missing a step um i think that's benefited the town tremendously so i i compliment you and and the staff um you know having you know the ability to to pivot to zoom meetings for planning board um it's been interesting to watch to see how um in some ways, community engagement has actually increased in some of those boards. You know, there are for some people, you know, a meeting at 7:30 at night, you know, when you have, you know, others at home who you're responsible for, dinner, homework, whatnot, you know, to be able to zoom into a meeting. So, you know, there, there's been some silver linings to the pandemic that I've noticed. Um, you know, in addition to that, you know, we we touch, you know, Mark, probably pretty every, you know, department in some way here in in the building. So um, I can say, you know, as someone who who lives in town and as someone who works in town, um, you know, there's we're really fortunate to have really great people here at the municipality that really care about their jobs. Um, and then, you know, outside of municipal government, you know, it's working with lots of nonprofit organizations, um, you know, spending time, uh, you know, with people at the 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 organizations that are what make Princeton, right? You know, the Arts Council of Princeton, Princeton Public Library, our tremendous public schools, um, you know, organizations like Sustainable Princeton. Um, up until recently, I served on the board of the DNR Greenway. So, um, you know, it, it, every day is a little bit different. And uh, there's probably not too many organizations in town that I I or my staff hadn't have some sort of, uh, you know, contact with. Right. Which I think is a great thing. And it says a lot for the university as to how involved your, your office is and the university is and what goes on in the community. Thank you. Yeah. So let's, let's drop back a little bit now that we talked a little bit about what you're doing today. Um, so I, I assume not everyone knows that you grew up locally, right? I, mean- I did. I did. I grew up in West Windsor. And uh, that was a time, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s in West Windsor, it was, you know, people that re- remember West Windsor from that time was a bunch of farm fields, right? And it was a bunch of farm fields that were very quickly turning into develop, developed areas. Um, you know, I had a lot of my friends who I grew up with whose, uh, you know, parents were who located here because of proximity to New York and good public schools. Um, I um, actually, though, I think I am the fourth generation in my family to be in West Windsor. My father is a farmer. Um, my grandfather and my father farmed together um, uh, for many years in a farm that's located on Conover Road, which is near where the Mercer Oaks Golf Course is now, which many people are familiar with the county golf course and the county park. Um, 
So actually, I, I did grow up on a farm in the Garden State. Um, <laughs> but um, in addition to having, you know, you know, really being, you know, from West Windsor, my my mother was born and raised in Princeton on on Little Brook, and um, my parents met at Princeton High School because at that point, when my parents were going to school. My my father being from West Windsor, he went he went to Princeton High School. So, you know, I had my grandparents who you know, very much had Princeton ties. My mother, you know, whenever we would do our shopping, we'd be coming to uh, the the I guess it was at that point the Bambergers oh, at the Princeton go. Shopping Center, <laughs> uh, Hewlett's on Nassau Street, Allen's on Nassau Street. I think I was probably related to all of them, um, but uh, yeah, very much Princeton was our downtown. As I think it is even today for for people in the region. So you know, uh, it was an interesting interesting time to grow up in the area. Um, I think pretty much at least once a week in the summer. You know, the only thing to do at that point when we were kids was go to Thomas Suite, get ice cream, and sit by the fountain um, by what's now Spia. So yeah, lots right. of really good memories of uh, you know coming into town. Yeah, and and I think it's uh, it's a great thing for someone like you that's so involved in the community to have that that history and the sense of what was and how we've evolved. So, you know, I, I agree. And, and my 103 year old grandfather, Jack Honoray, um, who himself was, was born and raised in Princeton. Um, we still have, uh, we're very fortunate that he's with us. He actually still lives with my parents in West Windsor. So I get a lot of time to, um, to talk to him and he's always interested to hear what's going on in town. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories is, you know, he asked me one time what was, what was going on. And of course he still reads the, the town topics in the Princeton packet. And, um, so, well, they're, they're worried about traffic and parking on Nassau street. Grandpa, he said, well, you know, they've been worried about traffic and parking on Nassau street <laughs> since they started driving cars. <laughs> and I think he probably was there about the time that they started driving cars on Nassau street. So it's really fun for me to have that connection to the past and to still be able to talk to him, um, about, you know, about the town and, um, it, it's just reinforcement that it's always been a great place to be. Very, I feel very fortunate to to be able to be live here and work here. Yeah, it's a special area. So, um, after that early part of your life, where'd you go to college? Oh, well, I grew up, growing up in West Windsor. You know, everyone says, "Oh, well, did you ever think of going to Princeton?" I said, "I wasn't smart enough." Um, I had a number of my a number of friends that did go to to Princeton, um, Princeton University, but um, you know, I think. Being the daughter of a farmer, I'm actually in my father's family the first to go to college, mm. and it was always um, it was always very clear that my parents wanted us to go to college, um, and uh, we were told that we could go um, no further than the Mississippi River. So I went about as close as I could get. So I went to Notre Dame, which is in South Bend, Indiana, not quite to the Mississippi River, but I got about 750 miles uh, to the west. And I think at that point. Um, you know, certainly, you know, having grown up and, and lived in the same place up until that point, I felt a need to go somewhere different and um, walked on the campus on a, on a college tour. It was the one school that my parents didn't visit with me. Huh. And um, you know, after going to about, you know, 15 other schools that they did go to with me, I picked the one that they didn't go to. <laughs> um, and it was the right, right pick for me and um, a really great four years. But, but I was ready to come back to the East Coast after college. So what did you, what did you do after college then? I mean, you came back and 
So I I graduated college in 1993, and it sounds like there's a fire engine going by. (laughs) The first responders of Princeton. Um, So uh, 1993 was an interesting economic time. There were problems in the stock market. The economy wasn't doing so well. Um, And uh, I had thought I was going to go to law school, uh, realized in the middle of my senior year that I didn't necessarily want to go straight to law school. Uh, so I came back home and uh, was just like you know, every other college graduate looking for a job. I substitute taught in um, West Windsor Plainsboro schools just for, for a little while. And, um, you know, this is where, you know, it's all about, you know, you know, connections, right? So I ran into my French teacher from high school in McCaffrey's and, um, you know, she asked me what I was doing and connected me with um, uh, the friend of her, her daughter's friend. I ended up working for him for 10 years and I was in the financial industry. So I ended up being um, a registered stockbroker for 10 years <laughs> and I was managing stock option pools for um, uh, major uh, major companies. So don't know how that happened. I was a government and public policy major at Notre Dame, um, but uh, ended up in a, a really great team with really smart people um, who to this day, you know, I consider to be, you know, really important mentors that I can look back at that time and say, you know, there were sort of, you know, things that I learned um, at that time in in the financial industry that I still carry with myself today. So, you know, ended up back in, in the area. Um, my office was here in Princeton doing that work. Um, I was there for 10 years. And then one day out of the blue, I was at a Rotary Club luncheon and someone mentioned that the longtime president of the Chamber of Commerce of Princeton was retiring. Now I can tell you, Mark, I had never gone to a Chamber of Commerce lunch, <laughs> but there was something about that comment and I knew instantly that that was what I was supposed to do next, out of the blue. Um, you know, went up to the person who had mentioned it, who was David Holmes, who used to be at, uh, the head of Eden Institute, let him know I was interested. He was sort of very surprised. Um, went through, you know, the complete search with them. And I was, I was ultimately hired about six months later. So I was complete 180. Um, in my career at that point. Um, but I was, I was ready for a change, um, in the financial industry, you know, it's, it's about transactions, it's about money and being the person that I am. I wanted something that was a little bit more tangible, a little bit more local. Um, and this was, it was the right, right opportunity for me at, at just the right time. And, um, really, you know, I look back, I was really lucky that I went to my rotary club lunch in that Friday. (laughs) It was a good lunch. Um, and the uh, the chamber at that point was on Van Deventer Avenue here in town, right? No, actually, Mark. Um, at that time, it was still in the Forestall Village in Plainsboro. Oh my! So, as a you know, after a long history of being in town, the office got moved to Princeton Forestall Village in the, I think the 1980s. So this was in 19. Um, I'm sorry, 2002. Um, and I knew immediately that this was not the right location for the Chamber yeah. of Commerce to be in. And um, about two years later, uh, we were able to acquire 911 uh, Van Devender and move the chamber office uh, to that that building. Um, that was really exciting time for the chamber. I have to be honest, you know, when when I took over at the chamber, it was not in great shape. Membership was really low. Um, attendance at events was really low. Um, 
but gosh, you know, the Princeton business community, you know, what, what better opportunity right. to, to take on? So really exciting time. We, we grew membership exponentially, um, became relevant again in terms of serving the members, speaking for business. Um, and, you know, that was about the time when, um, Barry Rabner had just come to town as the new CEO of the hospital. The hospital was starting to do their thinking about what, how they would reimagine. So, you know, I've seen this really interesting, you know, period of time here in Princeton of of a lot of a lot of change. Um, maybe there's change in Princeton all the time, but I can point to that that moment. I think of you know the conversation about the hospital. The the library was just getting under construction at that point. The the new library, right. the Heinz Plaza. Um, things that we take for granted now here in Princeton. Um, so, you know, when you look back on that, you know, this last 20 years, it's been a time of really tremendous growth in Princeton. A lot of changes. A lot, a lot of, of changes. changes. Yeah. So uh, another aspect of your life, I believe you were an elected official. I was, I was. So um, I was uh, never thought of being an elected official. I'm not someone that grew up thinking, gosh, I want to do that. Um, but again, you know, you you're, grew up in town, um, Mark, I think you know my my dad was the volunteer chief of the one of the West Windsor one of the fire departments in West Windsor for twenty years. My mom was right there, you know, volunteering and doing the same thing. My grandmother was the head of the Red Cross here, the executive director of the Red Cross here in Princeton until nineteen eighty. So you know, there's this you know sort of you know in addition to being a farm family and feeling very tied to the land, I think is one of the reasons you know ultimately coming back to the East Coast because you really you feel the need to be close to family, I think. Um, there was also this just, you know, pervasive sense in our family that there's, you know, you, you need to, you need to be helping others. You need to be serving in the community. And my parents were doing that, you know, all hours of the day as, as volunteer fire department members. So when I came back to the area, I sort of naturally, you know, volunteered to be on the recreation commission in town. Um, and I had been doing that for years, and the mayor, the then mayor, Carol Carson, you know, asked me, she said, you know, gosh, Kristen, I really think you should run for, for office. You should run for council. I said, no way, no way. <laughs> and um, she kept asking me. And, you know, finally, I just got tired of her asking. I said, sure, I'll just do this. Um, and ran, ran a campaign. And, you know, once you get in, you want to win. Yeah. And, uh, you know, six months later, I was elected. At that point, West Windsor was uh, a nonpartisan um, election in May. Um, so it was pretty quick. I decided, I think, in February to run, and the election was in May. So I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. Maybe I didn't have a lot of time to think and mess up. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, being from town, you know, I knew, I knew a lot of the issues that were going on. Um, I don't know whether it was I got elected on my reputation or my parents' really good reputation at first, but um, it was it was a tremendous experience. So I was reelected after four years. So I did um, I didn't finish my second term because I was hired at Princeton in the third year of my second term, and I realized very quickly without anyone asking that because of the university being a major landholder in West Windsor as it is in Princeton that. I could be put into situations where there would be a conflict of interest. Right. So um, I immediately, upon uh, taking the position at Princeton, I resigned from my uh, my role in uh, my my being councilwoman in, in West Windsor. And you know, when I look back, uh, if there's any disappointment, you know, I maybe would have loved to have finished out that second term. Um, but I felt like um, you know did a lot of good work in the time I was there. I'm really proud of. Um, 
the fact that during my seven years, the town acquired more than a thousand acres of property through a variety of acquisitions, um, open space. So exciting to see the the recent acquisition here in Princeton right. of the Landwin property, which is fantastic. Um, and I know how hard that is to do, having been involved in those sort of negotiations. Um, but it was really very fulfilling um, at that time to be able to you know, acquire a significant amount of land in West Windsor that would be preserved in perpetuity. So really proud of that. It's amazing all you can do. You know, while you were talking, I'm just kind of struck by there's very similar circumstances between your career and my career in that when I got into politics, then Mayor Sigmund turned to me one day at a council meeting and said, you come to all these meetings, why don't you run for council? <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it beforehand. So that that was interesting. It's very um, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, very dangerous. So it goes to show you. where you are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So be careful if you go to too many yes. uh, public meetings. Um, but I got to think that experience as an elected official helps you a lot in your current role. I mean, knowing what elected officials face and their challenges and how they think. Absolutely. I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the work that you and your colleagues do. It's hard. It's really hard work. And I know, and I think it's even harder today than it was um, 15 years ago when I was doing it because the, the, the national discord, I guess we can mm. say, you know, there's this assumption that you're all in it for something. Yeah. Um, you can't, there, people don't understand it. I think at the local level, you know, people are here to serve. They're here to serve the community that they love, the community where they're raising their family. Um, and, you know, I just have a deep appreciation for the time and energy, um, the amount of, you know, just, just, the reading, right, that you all have to do beforehand. <laughs> um, I just remember hundreds and hundreds of pages of documents. And when you want to do the job well, you've got you've got to read it all in, in the meetings. So yeah, deep respect for the time and effort that goes into this, um, a deep appreciation for um, the, the need to, and, and maybe not even, but just the respect for the staff um, and the expertise that they bring. Um, and and I think even in the in the public forum, an appreciation for the fact that sometimes these are not easy decisions to make, and especially when there's a contested issue, um, that you have to, as an elected official, you know, you no, know, you have to take the the best interest of the broad community into consideration, and it's it's not always easy because you know there's certain individuals or groups that feel a certain way so so yeah it's it's a balancing act um and you know it, it's it's local right i mean these are your neighbors sometimes yeah. that are People not pleased know. with what's going on so and it i think you're you're absolutely right to note i think it does help me in my my position um because i can interpret for colleagues who maybe have not been as involved in local government you know why things have to take a certain process or um, you know procedures that we need to go through. Um, so you know it's all part of that interpreting town to gown and gown to town. Yeah, well, I also think it's it's interesting, and I, I think it's it's a good experience being an elected official because, as you said, it's local level. You impact what people, what happens to people, how they interact with with you, whatever town you're in. Um, but you really need to learn to listen to people not jump to conclusions. We all have our own opinions, but you have to be open-minded enough to say, all right, let me get all the facts before I say, oh, this is what we should do. So it's a it's a great learning experience. Oh, absolutely. And, and your comment about listening is so accurate. You know, you learn more 
when with your mouth closed. <laughs> and um, you know, listening is a real skill. Yeah. And um, like you said, not not jumping to conclusions, getting all the facts, you know, bringing people together, trying to find consensus. Um, that's a real skill. Um, and we need to see, you know, we're fortunate here in Princeton that we see a lot of that, but I, you know, I'd say just, you know, when you look around the country, we need to see a lot more of it. Yeah, we do. And it, it it's, I, I'm trying to remember where I heard this or read this, but I, I can't remember, I wish I could, uh, but someone was pointing out the difference between listening to understand what someone's saying versus listening to try to debate with what they're saying, which gets into the whole thing about being open-minded and and actively listening, hearing what's being said. And, you know, in all that happens between the university and the town, knowing that most of the people involved get it and and prescribe to, let's actually listen to each other, mm-hmm. and then we'll come to some kind of conclusion, right. which is reassuring. I think everybody out there should know that, I mean, that's pretty much the basis for how the university and the town get along. Absolutely. And I think there's so many ways where the – you know, the university and the town intersect and interact at, at levels that you just don't even know. I mean, gosh, during during snowstorms, right? Um, you know, I forget a couple years ago, it was one of the winters that were, it was super snowy and, you know, the town ran out of salt or sand or something. And, you know, there's a relationship between our public, our, our, our folks and facilities and your public works to say, gosh, our shipment isn't coming until tomorrow. Can we borrow some of your sand so that we can sand the roads? Well, of course we're going to say yes. Right. Um, you know, collaboration like that, that just takes place at, at the the staff and professional level, um, you know, collaboration and cooperation. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really great to see. Yeah, it is. And, and unfortunately, you know, it's, it's not something that we all, you know, talk about all the time. Um, but it is it is part of what makes the the town and the university um, you know click so well. You know we got um, you know a phone call. You know a local organization was was trying to figure out what to do with their HVAC HVAC system, and they just need a little bit of advice. Well, we had some of the folks from our HVAC shop came over and you know gave them a little bit of advice because the system that they had, which was aging, was similar to some of the aging systems that we have <laughs> on campus. So you know it's things like that where. Um, you know, you can provide expertise to each other. Yeah. I, I think it's a, it's interesting. The amount of interaction between the town staff and the university staff, as you just said, that happens every day that people have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, about a month ago, I was, the uh, our building official snuck me into a meeting he was having with a number of people from the university about a phase of the current uh, project going on. Uh, all the work going on that the university has for a number of the new buildings and to sit there and just be able to listen and watch them work with each other. No problem. Hey, I think this, you think that, you know, what about this? Did you think about that? A great interaction, but just to see the quality of, of knowledge and experience, both on the university staff side, the town staff side, uh, it's, you know, it's pretty impressive. And I don't know that people just realize the caliber of people that both the town have and the university have that deal with each other seamlessly every yep. day. Every day, yeah. every day. I'm glad we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. People now know. There yep. you go. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, so let me just, you know, you already talked a little bit about like, geez, all the things that have happened over like the last 20 years, you know, different buildings, different projects in town. Where do you, where do you think you see things? Do you have an idea? Like where, what else mm. is coming down the road or what what you think might be happening? Gosh, it's, it's really an exciting 
time. Um, of course, I have to say the maybe it's obvious, but COVID. Um, you know, we're just coming out of gosh, something I've never experienced in my lifetime. I don't think any of us have, and I think um, you know the the changes coming, I think will all stem from the experience that we just had for two years. And I think um, it, it's it's frightening a little bit, but it's also really exciting. I think um, some of the changes that are going on in our central business district are, are critical to having a really vibrant bricks and mortar retail um, you know, area in the community, one that we all love, right? You know, that we think is really important to be there. Yeah. And reason that the university during the pandemic set up a small business resiliency right. fund because we realized, gosh, these are, you know, these are the shops that we walk to to get a sandwich, to get a, a greeting card. Um, unfortunately, most of us were not on campus during the the last eighteen months, and we wanted those, you know, retailers to be there when we came back, as I think many people in the community do. So I think this is a really interesting time of change and evolution for the business owners, and um, you know, the type of services that they provide, the the um, you know how they how they provide that. Um, so I think that's going to be really interesting. And I think I know you and the council are paying a lot of attention to that. And I appreciate that. And I know the university's, you know, you know, here to, to be supportive. Um, I, I think the fact that there's going to be a lot more people living in Princeton, um, that will be a big change. Um, you know, in the area of town that I live in off of Terhune, you know, I basically look out my, my front door and I can see where the, um, the Avalon project on Thanet will be located. And, Okay, frankly, I'm ha I'm excited to have some new neighbors. Um, I think uh, the transformation at the shopping center to me that's that's really very exciting to take advantage of. Um, I love the shopping center. Um, I love being able to walk there and you know get a coffee at Lily Pies and um, see people on the weekend. The great programming that they're doing. Um, so I, I think that's that's a really interesting you know uh, big change in the community. It's the fact, they're going to have a, more housing in different locations. Um, so I think, you know, to me, those are the near term, you know, opportunities, I guess, uh, for the community to take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, change is going to keep coming. And I think to look at change as, as an opportunity is a, is a good thing. And, you know, on the bright side, it's a community that pays attention to what's going on and you can't ignore change. You don't want to hide behind the rock and let it go right on by you. So the fact that we're all involved and I know that the university is always eager to work with the town and the town is very eager to always work with the university. So I think that serves everybody well in this area that we're going to. I do too. I think there's a, I'm excited about the upcoming master plan process that the community is going to embark on. I think it's, it's a really interesting time to be doing that work. And, um, you know, you know, a lot of questions to ask ourselves about, you know, what, what do we want to be when we grow up? Right. And um, that, if I learned anything as, and I learned a few things as an elected official, um, you know, the, there's two documents that you really look at, you know, you look at the budget of the community because the budget tells you what the community values. The budget is you putting your money where your mouth is. So if you want to understand the values of a community, you look at their budget. Um, and the second thing you look at is the master plan. You know, how does the town intend to grow? So, I'm really excited that um, you know, obviously the budget's worked on every year. Um, I think it's a really interesting time to to look at the master plan through that lens of you know, you know what does the master plan say about the community now and what the community wants to be. Um, so I know I'll be 
That's another one of those meetings I'll be attending, Mark. Yeah. Master plan meetings. Many, not just one. (laughs) Not just one. Well, anyway, Kristen, I want to thank you very much for spending time with us today. Uh, Always great to talk to you. Mark, thank you. I really appreciate being asked to be here with you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for our fifth episode of the Princeton Podcast. Special thanks to our podcast guest, Kristen Applegate, and our host, Mayor Mark Frieda. The Princeton Podcast is recorded and produced by HG Media providing audio, video, and website design services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.